How's your week going, dude? Good man. I uh, I've been playing. Uh, I think I've talked about these before. The uh, the Yakuza Like a Dragon games. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I finished playing. So they have. Did I explain this? No, I explained this to Mac last week. So the series has four different things going on. They have the original mainline series, which uh, their eighth game is coming out next month. Love it. They have uh, remasters of everything that was on PS2 and PS3 in like uh, the, not the latest gen, but the second, <laughs> second to most recent gen of their engine, their game engine. And so they remaster all those games and re-release those. Um, plus games that weren't translated into English originally and, and brought to the U.S. Then they have their Kiwami remakes, which are like upscaled remakes of the original games, uh, more than just remasters, like built from the ground up. And then they have the Judgment series, which is an offshoot series using the same assets set in the same world, but not like overlapping stories. And so I just put, I think, 80 hours into one of their uh, uh, remasters. Uh, actually, the first time it was localized in the U.S., put 80 hours into that, and then I just put 40 hours into uh, their latest game, which is actually a fifth category of game, a uh, mini game, like bigger than a DLC, smaller than a full game, um, like side side game or side quill, I guess. I just put 40 hours into that and got the platinum on that today, but I'm just playing the shit out of these games. Your love and knowledge for the Yakuza, the Yakuza series is astounding. <laughs> there's, well, there's one guy on a game, game facts, game FAQs.com, yeah. uh, Cyric Z, who writes all the guides that I use as a resource, and he's at least above me, but uh, yes, I, I am in love with the series. Welcome in, Merry Moxmas! It's the Mox Stars Podcast, if you're nasty. I'm Evan Kunai, one of your hosts, and I'm here with Christopher Ritter! You warned me about the ho-ho-hos. You did not warn me about Moxmas, if you nasty. But you know what? Um, we've gotten this far. Let's keep going. He's in it. All right, welcome to the show, everybody. If you'd like to support us, you can do so by finding us on YouTube, where you can like, subscribe, and hit that bell for more notifications. Find us on all major podcasting platforms. Uh, you can uh, give us a five-star review. It makes us look super-duper cool. If you'd like to join and participate in our community, you can do so by joining the Discord server, the Mockstars community discord server where we are having a plethora of conversation about tournament results decks uh brewing and well something that uh i particularly love dr pepper uh because this is the best podcast the number one podcast on the internet for magic the gathering and dr pepper undisputed kings of both those things undisputed in, in that is correct you can also support the show by becoming a supporter on Patreon. A huge shout out to all of our patrons. Uh, so thank you for supporting the show. Everything that you guys have done to support us so far has led to a very exciting announcement. We have tokens on the way. The tokens that we've been sort of hinting at for the past few months. Everything, all, those, all the support that you guys have been giving us, we use that 
to push it towards tokens. So uh, we're going to get those tokens in soon, have them in our hands. And when we do, we'll have them ready to distribute to you guys. So uh, look forward to that. We'll have more information on that when they get here. It looks like they're going to be here in the first week of the new year. So that's very exciting. That's, that is staggering news. I'm so excited to see these in person. I mean, they're going to fucking roll. What yeah. else is there to say? I also got them foil on front and foil on back. So double Ooh, foil. Ooh, back foiling. Yeah, back. That is, that's rare. Yeah. Yeah. They had a few that like, they had a few different options. I could have got this thing as a, like a metal, like a metal card, but Ooh, it was, okay. <laughs> you had to get 55 minimum and it was <laughs> a lot. So uh, if you guys okay. really want to. next time for the treasure token. Super yeah. premium. Uh you know, uh, pay pig level Patreon subscribers. We will put that tier on there for $400 a month. If we get one person, we can buy them. Okay. That's the thing, right? That's Uh the challenge. Is one person out there brave enough, brave enough to take the next step forward in token technology (laughs) and get uh, metal tokens, which function exactly as your cardboard tokens, but here's the difference. Are you listening, Evan? Because this, this yeah. is important. Between the metal tokens and the cardboard tokens, the difference is the metal tokens are much more expensive. And you can hurt somebody with them. They're, oh, okay. They're deadly. Yeah. They're, they're actual deadly throwing stars as well. If I you're, mean, you can hurt people with regular playing cards. I was just going to say, if you are that ninja out there in the world who can throw cards like and have them stick into drywall... like just well, what wait about and, Remy Ledoux? From uh from the X Men Gambit. <laughs> I've never even heard his name before. That's <laughs> I don't think I pronounce it correctly. And in, in fact, That's... I ate my words when I was saying it. And then uh, it's also Cajun, so there's no way, even if I was speaking clearly, that I said it correctly. You know, I I just love the accent they give him uh, every time they try to portray him. It's just slop. It is pure slop. But that being said, metal cards are dangerous. If you uh, would like to support us in getting some metal tokens, uh, reach out to us personally. We'll figure it out. And on to the show. We are, uh, well, we have one very exciting, maybe not exciting announcement. We're going to take a little holiday break. I am flying home uh, to Wisconsin to spend some time with family. So the week between christmas and new year's we're going to be taking next this next week off and we'll be back on the following friday um ritter you got any holiday plans are you gonna take that Uh, week off too i uh so i was telling you before the episode that i just put over the past couple weeks 120 hours into uh two games from the yakuza franchise uh and i think tomorrow I'm going to start Yakuza Kiwami 2 and maybe <laughs> put go. another 80 hours into it. So, <laughs> you know, got a, they got Infinite Wealth coming out in January. It's my favorite game series. Uh, I talked about it extensively before the episode. I love that. Yes. Uh, I'll make sure to uh, make that our the, the little, little blurb before we start the show. Uh, so if you're listening to this part, you've already heard it. One thing we're going to talk about. Yeah. Oh, it was a treat. One thing. I mean, people learn so much about uh, the 
the Yakuza franchise. If you're this far, you already know every single edition of the Yakuza franchise just by listening to the pre-action of this show. Well, so, actually, that's not true. I left something out. Oh? Enlighten well, us? You, well, you know that I'm a huge Fist of the North Star fan. Oh, of course. Uh, they released a Fist of the North Star video game uh, that uses the, the engine from the game. And although it's not a good Yakuza game, it is a kick-ass Fist of the North Star game. It's, so if you like Fist of the North Star... Check it out. Fist of the North Star Lost Paradise on PS4 and PS5. I believe it's also an Xbox Game Pass. Uh, I'm not being paid by the studio. Uh, well, if you have plenty of time off for the holidays, make sure you get... Uh, what was it called again? Uh, Fist of what the North game Star? was I recommending? Fist of the North Star Lost Paradise. Get your hands on that and uh, get some gaming in. That sounds like a yeah. great time. Yeah, do you have any uh, video gaming planned... Ooh, I so uh funny thing is that I am a huge fan of the Horizon series. So like Horizon uh, Zero Horizon Dawn. Horizon Zero Dawn? Yes. Okay. Yeah, Horizon Zero Yeah, it that's confusing because uh I said I you know, someone at work, I said, I'm a huge fan of the Horizon series and they're like, Oh, I love Forza and I'm like, uh, Oh yeah. Uh, no no robot dinosaurs that's what i like Mm, yes that aligns with your interests mm -hmm. so if you haven't played horizon zero dawn get on it it's one of the best games ever made ever full stop it's like it's like an open world uh thousand markers on the map and you go just just solve them all yeah it's the only game in my life that i've platinumed and i okay literally did everything i shot every single machine with an arrow Mm -hmm. And that, yep, that I did that. Uh, so, hell yeah, congratulations! That is an amazing game. But I, so here's the funny thing: is that I started playing Horizon Forbidden West when it came out. This was when the PS5 was like hard to get your hands on, and my brother got one. If you're listening, William, this is a huge shout out. So when I was at home uh, last time, and I actually got to sit down and play, I got about halfway through Horizon Forbidden West, and I had taken, well, as we all know, the PS5 is now a few years old. I took a few years off or a couple years off and I just picked it up again because it went on sale. So I had to mm-hmm. play through the first half of the game, which I had already done. And I am at the same exact spot that I was and I'm leaving to go home. So I'm going to go back to his PS5, mm-hmm. maybe potentially finish the game there and then have to come back and face the reality of finishing the game so that I can have the trophies on my do PlayStation. You, wait, do you have uh, PlayStation Plus? I, I think you can upload cloud data on saves. Ooh, I am too much of a Neanderthal to understand what that means. Okay, I, I mean, you can you can share save files be- between consoles. Oh, that's what that means. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I might look into that. Uh, we'll see. I do have PlayStation Plus, but I don't have any like premium version of it. Mm-hmm. Oh. Anyway, this is a Magic the Gathering podcast accompanied by Dr. Pepper. <laughs> well, we haven't gotten there yet, but yeah. we might yeah, get eventually, there. Eventually, it's we a might. Magic the Gathering podcast. Yeah. Um, the cool thing about Magic is that it happens all year round. And we've had a lot of really great things happen to us as Magic players in the year 2023. So we just wanted to quick talk about, a, well... 
our favorite set from 2023, and I think we universally agree. Y'all can leave a comment down the in, or you can you can leave a comment on the YouTube video or reach out to us on the Discord server if you disagree. But I think we're in a collective agreement, Ritter, that the Lord of the Rings set just surpassed every expectation and was our favorite set from the year. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, that shit rolled. Uh, it was great. It, uh, it, was, it was great lore-wise. It was great flavor-wise. Uh, cool cards, impactful cards in multiple formats. Uh, fun to play, fun to open. Like, it, it just hit on every cylinder. Right. Like, I think- uh, oh, great commander decks. Uh, you know, e- even some, like, high-powered commander potential. Yeah, the thing is that I... Well, I lost at in a CDH game. I lost to... Um, I think I Sauron, like the Sauron, the Dark Lord, the one that uh, uh, when the ring tempts you, you can discard your hand and draw four cards. Yes, I've lost and has. Yeah, no, that's a it's a great commander. I I actually have that built. Um, I have yet to play it. Uh, But yeah, I I, I built that deck. Uh, It rules. I, I love Sauron the Dark Lord. It, it, it's a great card. I would yeah. like. I you haven't seen really a lot of tournament results uh, with it. I have seen it in some listings, uh, not high ranking results, but I, I think there's space for fine tuning there. Like if you love the flavor and you want to just like go competitive with it, I, I think it's there's potential. Totally, and I like that was. If there's a Grixis deck that I ever do play, I think that's the one that I actually want to play the most. It just mm-hmm. it has so much value just built in. The ward cost is nearly impossible to pay. A sacrifice a legendary artifact or creature, I think, right? Yeah, something along those lines. So sack your commander or sack a mox opal, you know, like are like your mm-hmm. options or the one ring if you have it out. And Mm -hmm. I would be totally okay if someone sacked their one ring to just have the opportunity to attack or to target uh, Sauron. But here's the thing. You're playing Grixis. You have a ton of interaction. Please sacrifice your thing. Pay the cost so that I can interact after that point. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean, great card. Grixis is the evil color combination. Sauron is the Dark Lord. Like it, it, it's a full on flavor when playing that commander. I want them to eventually feel like Sauron. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yep. And you have access to the one ring. You can play it and just be almighty. I want them to actually flip that perspective. I would like to see them make Grixis the hero colors for a while and then make Gruel just the the nasty, evil, villain, chaotic colors. That would I, be I sick. Think- I think we're going to see that. I, I mean, they do play with colors, the color pie doing non-traditional uh things like in that way recently like if they have a good lore reason to do it they'll do it right. and you know we're we're entering uncharted uh vorthos territory right in magic right now totally uh, so it's possible we might see it there's a lot coming down the pipe we don't really know what direction they're going the only people who do are people like gavin verhe who talk in, in cryptic cryptic riddles and we can't quite decipher them or he's very careful about what he says yes creature types sphinx yeah yep that is yes to describe him yes uh so lord of the rings absolutely hit i think before lord of the rings even dropped i was like and when it was announced i was like as long as it doesn't have any cards that contribute to the game i think that it's fine in a vacuum and it's whatever but i was totally proven wrong like 
no man make make this universes beyond stuff contribute to the game because i i you it's gonna happen but as long as it's happening it may as well be beneficial to to the game so yeah yeah and well obviously the two best cards from the year if you listen to our previous episode which i'll put in the link below and uh, uh, it's like our top 10 cards of 2023 the top two are literally from this set it's like i would say unreal. uh in the top five cards of the 2020s <laughs> yes two. yes so yeah uh, i can't even that, think of a that card level that of would... impact orcish bowmaster in the one ring that level of impact on the game from a universe is beyond set that's that's pretty unprecedented totally and i can't even think of another card right off the top of my head that surpasses either of those uh because dockside hit in 2019 Ooh, okay so just outside uh, I guess we do have Fierce Guardianship, Deflecting Swat. Those would be c- in contention. Hey, I said top five. There's there's room yeah. for it. Yeah. So. Some wiggle room. Now, best of 2023, a lot to reflect on here, but we're just going to touch on one more thing. Ritter, what do you think your favorite pre-con from the, from the year was? Uh, I, You know what? I didn't really purchase many pre-cons except for the Lord of the Rings pre-cons, and I didn't play them that much. I do like that Sam and Frodo pair. I I think there's still potential there for a food-focused combo deck. Um, Maybe not competitively, but at high-powered and definitely at high levels of fun. Um, So for me, uh, I forget what that one's called, but it's the Sam and Frodo uh, pre-con. Yeah, this is is your favorite. So no pressure to be like, uh, pick one you've never even played or never even seen before. This like the Salmon Frodo deck, from what I understand, has a like a pretty big following. Like anyone who's played it has enjoyed it fully. It's a yeah, fun I've deck. seen people um even go to tournaments with it. So Right. Food is actually that's the one thing from Lord of the Rings that I think has changed the most is that food became viable. And then with the Wilds of Eldraine hitting, we saw yeah, even the, more yeah, support. It's the combination of those two. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of cool stuff. I think Samwise Gamgee coming out from just like the base the base lore of the ring set was really great for that as well uh, provided some combos with old eldraine cards like cauldron familiar to yeah actually present a competitive edge and make food viable which is yeah i never thought that would happen i thought they were trying to do that with modern horizons 2 with as miranda i said the name <laughs> <laughs> that one that one yes yeah uh yeah, there's there's nothing really food centric about that deck. No, I mean that's that's a uh, red herring. Yeah, I would say for me the precon that really sort of stuck out the most, and it started to get my attention about a month or two after it released. But it's that colorless Eldrazi precon from Commander Masters, and the oh, reason. Oh yes, yeah. The reason that it absolutely stands out Col- now coldock or uh, what's the card name oh gosh i'm caught in a pickle oh god i don't know honestly i'm not sure yeah it's something like that it's a deck and yeah for all of you who play it curse thee because it is good i think there's been a like this we played against it at magic yeah i played Did against we? it at magic and then i also played against it 
at uh, Laughing Dragon's one-year anniversary. So I got to see it at a competitive level, actually sit out, stall the board, generate tons of mana, and then explode. And well, here's the thing. It had interaction, which I was not expecting. So they, okay. they printed a lot of really great cards into uh, the colorless pool that made this viable. Obviously, there are a lot of artifacts out there that are great. You obviously get the One Ring addition to this. But I was just surprised because a lot, for a long time, it's been hard to build colorless. Mm-hmm. And and if you were doing it, it was you were probably doing it for the 32 color like challenge or you were just a glutton for punishment because the decks were so inconsistent. You could pretty much only play Kozilek to draw four cards or, you know, pray and hope that uh, Ulamog would get you there. So this having stimulating effects like the double cascade thing for casting anything seven or greater as just like allows you to gain card advantage in a new way i think it is while we've seen like doubling effects be overplayed right this accompanied with also with wilds of eldrin because you get roaming throne makes for a really explosive powerful strategy that i just was not expecting and gives colorless a new identity moving forward so if they ever want to do something like this again or print more legendary creatures in the as colorless creatures i think they obviously know what they're doing as far as like scaling it up to what is the current uh atmosphere for edh and commander in the world right now they, they also had the secondary commander, which was really good, which uh, was the XX as its mana cost. Uh, but I can't quite remember what its effect is. But also, I've, I've seen people brew, brew around that. And that's why it is my favorite precon, because it ultimately shook up my expectations for colorless commanders and proved that they can be viable and they knew, now have a new platform to stand on. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the space is you just got to find something that's not big mana and colorless, right? Yeah, yeah. Have something more than just that. It's a single identity, and you have to also mm-hmm. be able to, like, as you see decks that have more and more colors, they have more and more access to different strategies, different lines. And uh, being as a colorless deck, you almost are like forced to walk a particular line to get where you need to go where those other decks have a little more flexibility this deck introduced Mm -hmm. a lot more flexibility to the colorless colorless pool where if you were in any color right it wouldn't make sense for you to run those cards but since you're in colorless those cards actually help like quite a bit okay very cool yeah now back now that now that we're done with 2023 we have to look forward because 2024 is just on the horizon and there is a lot coming down the pipe but we're only concerned about the immediate in the immediate we're going to see ravnica remastered released on january 12th 2024 we've seen quite a few cards spoiled from this already you're going to get tons of new shock lands like new versions of those you get old border standard border and an extended borderless version Mm-hmm. You're also getting reprints of Cyclonic Rift and a few other commander staples that I think are going to like allow this set to be successful. Where yeah, I mean, to the extent Dominaria Remaster was successful, it was a few chase cards. 
Exactly. Now, and that's where I'm curious. Like, they've had a lot of really great cards in Ravnica that have contributed to, like, some of the most memorable standard experiences or, like, standard, uh, you know, like, metas. And I'm, mm-hmm. there are obviously, and there are a lot of cards that have contributed to Commander over the years. I just wonder if they've aged out too far. Like, uh, Prime Speaker Zagana is, used to be an incredible card. But now that we've seen card draw that doesn't rely on plus and plus encounters or the number of creatures come into play like as more efficient options, it's just a commander or a card that used to be $10 plus is probably just without even looking less than a dollar. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll see what they put those types of cards at as far as rarity. But we're, you know, we're going to see Niv-Mizzet come back hopefully we get a reprint of perun maybe with a new artwork since that is seemingly the most popular version of niv mazette but uh yeah i'm excited to see what they throw into this and the mo- thing i'm most excited for and i think you are too is the fact that shocks will be approachable from a financial angle yeah what what are shocks hanging out at right now they're at about 15 to 20 yeah, depending. they're they're about thirteen to sixteen, depending on which one you want. Okay. So yeah, where and and the prime territory there would be ten or less, right? Yeah, I think you're gonna see it launch because this will probably be pretty heavily opened. The speculation will be that shocks are can never drop below ten. They will, and I'm guessing they'll probably be around six to ten dollars at release, or maybe a couple weeks after. So yeah, I mean, at some point, just printing these things into the ground is going to make a dent in that price, you know? It, yeah, and it's... Abs- and, and, and over the long term, it has happened. Like, you know, there were certain shocks that were around 30 even a couple of years ago, so... Totally. I think that when we saw, like, Ravnica Allegiance come out, we hadn't seen Shocklands printed in a long time, and so they were... Yeah, they were, they were up there in the $15 to $20 range when it was reprinted. I remember opening a few packs and just being like, I got a shock. Let's go. And thinking, I, you know, I made my money back, obviously, or like these are good investments. But, you know, even when uh, Unfinity came out, there was this that uh, there was this, I don't know, financial expectation for Shocklands that uh, is outdated at this point. It's just they're not worth that much anymore because they should be printing them into the ground. And at this point, with what we've seen from Infinity and now from Ravnica Remastered, they are getting reprinted into the ground so that they hopefully mm-hmm. stay at $10 or less for the foreseeable future. And uh, by Yeah, for- I, I mean, the power level of that card is kept in check by you losing two life for it to come into play untapped don't need there to be a financial barrier for people to have access to them as well like it, it, it's not that type of situation it's a shock lands should be like dirt cheap and accessible to everyone right in any other format outside of commander it's 10 percent of your life like it's not something that you're wanting to hit yourself with over and over again you use you do it for the for the flexibility obviously but uh i guess one shielded trigger does offset that mm-hmm. um but I, yeah, I'm excited to see it because I'm excited to see what the aftermath of that ends up being financially for the game. Uh, hopefully what we see, because uh, I actually just went to Mox last night for a little commander night just to see, well, what Elevir could do. I found a table that was willing to inter- entertain it. And uh, well, 
<laughs> people play more board wipes than I'm used to. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> but the deck did I, I mean, start popping uh, until I met a damnation. Well, you got to keep that clever concealment. Yeah. Got to make sure you have it in hand. Yep. And I'm not sure if, whether or not I need to be running more stuff like that or not. But, you know, you live and you learn. I'll bring it to the next table and really figure out, you know, is this, you know, is it is it competitive or am I just like playing to the meta that I'm uh, uh, accustomed to? So I, I did go. But the thing was, is that I played against a lot of new players and they mm-hmm. were lacking in mana base like their mana base like was pretty weak and i was like oh do you guys have shock lands anything like that and they're get like, those shock lands cheaper yeah and they were just not yeah. willing to pay for them so yeah i, I want them cheaper 100 percent, just for the growing player base they need to see that anyway right after that we have murders at karlov manor we've seen a few cards spoiled from this on and this releases on february 9th alongside a huge shift in product and how it's going to be distributed in the future, which everyone should be aware of. We are being introduced to play boosters alongside uh, murder at murders at Karlov Manor. So uh, the Wizards of the Coast has stated, alongside the release of Murders at Karlov Manor, Wizards of the Coast is implementing a massive change to the product roster known as play boosters. This revolutionary new product is replacing both set boosters and draft boosters. Thanks to this monumental change, play boosters are going to affect how you both play and collect MTG going forward. Yes, that is a lot to wrap my head around. Yeah, I mean, they just chopped up the product again. You know, it, I don't think it's a significant difference um, to the uh, gaming end. You know, I mean, maybe in terms of like if you're a person that enjoys doing drafts and things like that, it affects you. Uh but overall, it's just like it feels like every new set or every new major set release, they're just changing what types of packs there are. And yeah, this is the latest churn of this. This to me looks like I have deviled eggs and I am like, wow, these are not uh, well, they're not moving as fast as I'd like. So I take them out and I chop them up and I mix them in a bowl. And now I have egg salad and I make sandwiches mm-hmm. out of it. And here we go. Everyone likes egg salad sandwiches, right? You like egg salad yeah. sandwiches, right? Right? Ritter? Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it is what it is. Like, I sure. I, and then <laughs> the set after this, there's going to be two different new types of packs, and we're going to phase out these boosters and and whatever. You know, I it, I'm not super invested in the formatting. I think, uh, you know, we shouldn't be opening packs anyway. Right. The funny think, thing is, yeah. is that. Wait, someone just said roaming throne is like almost it's like 30 or 40 dollars and i'm like mm-hmm. what you know if you try really really hard it's about 16 cents it can be and that is by going to the fedex print shop and printing out a copy of it and putting it in front of a common or some card you just don't care about there you go yep that uh that was what I did just this last week. That's how I got Elevere up and running. Otherwise, the deck would have cost me. Uh, let's see. Get that number accurate. Woo! $6,001. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a, a significant discount, right? Yeah. So uh, if you were looking to test a deck, we are have always been and always will be encouragers of 
proxies. It's just, it's just the way to go if you're, uh, well, trying to be financially sound and uh, responsible with a game mm. that can has also the nickname of being cardboard crack. So yes, you, it's a game built around being financially irresponsible. So yes, uh, take care of yourself. A hundred percent, especially in the new year, new year, new me and new me is financially responsible when it comes to magic, the gathering. There you go. Yeah. This is going to shake up a few things, especially like pre or uh, pre-release, which makes me wonder where, if that format will still sort of exist, how long it will exist after this is implemented and what kind of pre-release packs are we going to see? Are we still getting pre-release foils? I felt like they did a huge disservice to the entire product by just printing the year stamp and not doing the mm-hmm. actual date. I really liked the date. See, I'm the opposite. I think the year stamp is a lot of a uh, cleaner look. Mm, yeah, I can see that it is is definitely like cleaner. I felt like there were some pre-release, pre-releases I went to where like having the date on it commemorated a specific, a very specific point in time. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, to each their own. It is it is a cleaner look. I think I liked my Esper Sentinel more because it had that nice little stamp on it. But as you go into your holiday break, you're going to find that, well, everybody's out of town and that people are just at home with their families. And you might find it very challenging to stay engaged with the game. But fret not, there are ways to stay engaged you can, uh, well, we have a couple suggestions. The first, you can hop on Arena because Arena will be popping over the next. Arena's 10 always days. there for you. Yes. Arena Whether will- it's supporting you or bringing you down is up for, uh, up for debate, but it is always there. <laughs> Mostly the bringing down part. <laughs> yeah. That is my relationship to it. Yeah. You know, it's like you struggle so hard to like climb the ladder. I did find a really cool new tool today. It's called untapped.gg. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. A great tool for analyzing the meta in on arena and building decks that have greater success in different ranks as you climb the ladder. So like if you're in. Oh, man, that is for people that don't play arena. That is the thing, right? There is. Yes. Not like so you're not playing the standard meta uh you can't like look at tournament results and things like that you're literally playing a meta that's based on your your ranking and then because of the algorithm the matchmaking algorithm the meta dependent is is also dependent on the deck you're playing totally it is so janky yeah it's it is weird how they've come up with how like match like matchmaking is very strange on arena i you know if you've if you're experienced with it you know this the thing about this uh service uh well it can be a service uh on untapped.gg is that you can download their tool which will overlay and integrate with arena so that like there were a few things i was seeing with it like when you draw a card it shows you all the cards that you've already seen and then it says like uh there's a list of the cards that are in your deck and it shows you the percentage chance of drawing that card next you know, it's like okay. kind of a really cool tool to be like, ooh, like I'm starting to see statistics in like 
in action live on my screen. You can also, mm-hmm. it also lists every single card your opponent has played against you so far. So if there's anything that you've seen or if something got shuffled back into the library and you forgot about it, this little list is like there to like show you. So there are so many more little doodads and like there's so much information that they are able to overlay onto the screen without being intrusive that yeah. will help you become a better arena magic player. Yeah, if you're interested in climb, climbing the ladder, definitely, uh, I think it's a necessary tool even because like I said, the you know, just the meta is so janky and so specific to what's going on and you know that your opponent on the other side of the screen as you climb the ladder is is using the same tool like you're putting yourself at a competitive disadvantage not using it right and while arena is great and it can sometimes bring you down if you get in the blues by playing too much arena you're climbing the ladder but you're not seeing much much success you can always turn to your trusty friends on the pdx cdh server on discord or the cdh server on discord you can uh also find casual games and pretty much any any power level of game on the Tolarian College or Community College Discord server hosted by the professor, which is honestly, I think it's the biggest magic Discord server in the world. Have which, you been jamming a lot of spell table lately or no? No, I haven't, unfortunately. Uh guy did reach out and just asked if I would be up for more, and I was like, you know, honestly, yes. Like, yeah, I, I just need to put it on the calendar. And uh, I'll be there for it. So it's uh, something I'm looking forward to doing more because I'm switching like my line of work. And so hopefully, you know, the new line of work leaves me with a little bit more uh, willpower, as we all know, as a finite resource. Hopefully I have a little bit more willpower at the end of the day and can Mm -hmm. uh, focus on, on playing more games and becoming a better magic player and a better content creator. Oh, yeah. So those are a few options for for you if you'd like to stay engaged throughout the holiday break. Also, if you're going traveling to see family and friends, uh, obviously make sure you, you do your due diligence and spend time, appropriate time with family. But I'm sure that you have friends back home or wherever you're from that also play magic. You'd be surprised at how widespread magic has become. Yeah, it's also easy to get room in your uh, backpack or your bag for four pre-cons or, or something like that, even if they know, you know, don't have the cards themselves, as long as they know how to play. It's a great way to kill time. Totally. Yeah. And if you are a last-second shopper like I am, hello, there's also a few uh, Mock Stars gift ideas for the stocking stuffer. I have been thinking about this a lot because I have, uh, well, neglected my present shopping duties and i think that putting three packs you can do like this is like a a draft for the family or draft for your group of friends that they are not expecting but you can get three packs for each person it can be chaos whatever you want to do i recommend just doing all three kamigawa neon dynasty because that set was awesome or all three lord of the rings and putting them in the stocking uh maybe a few dice like I know some people out there who are crazy dice collectors and just hitting them with some like odd dice from like honestly like Ravnica Allegiance would probably mm, be a okay. sweet gift for yeah. them. Yeah. 
And uh, no, that's great. I, yeah. My uh, my wife and I aren't doing gifts for each other this year. We decided just to do like stockings. And uh, she was asking like, what are good stocking stuffers? And I said, just packs. And she asked what kind of packs from like what sets. And I was just like, whatever packs. If someone plays magic, they just enjoy opening packs. They don't like buying packs. They don't like spending money on them. Yep. But opening any pack of magic cards, one of the best things you can do. It's definitely, you definitely get a little bit of uh, serotonin, you know, like there's definitely a little bit of uh, something that happens in your brain that, mm-hmm. that you get a high. You get, you get a little yeah, bit no, of high. I, I, th- I think it's the equivalent of like uh, a lotto, lotto scratch off ticket, right? Yes. Like you're giving them probably even worse odds on uh, hitting the jackpot, but... <laughs> And you're spending. They're more still getting for that, it. that little that little boost of like, ooh, what might happen? That little gamble, so. right? Oh, nuts! I got a quarter rare. I, I think serotonin is probably the wrong word for that, but you know what? We're gonna dopamine. Rock with it. One, one dopamine. of those chemicals in our brains. That's the one. But yeah, like there's. I think that there's also a smell that comes along magic cards that once you rip it open, you just stick your nose in there and uh, mm-hmm. the. The fresh manufactured plastic smell is also a uh, rush of dopamine. Oh yeah, that that chaff stank. It's nice. I love it. Uh, you can also, I think that if you're able to afford it, get your uh, get your stocking stuffers, uh, Gen One Pokemon cards, like a first set base set edition <laughs> for three thousand dollars a piece, is also a great stocking stuffer. That will take them right back to nineteen ninety seven. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, I knew I yeah, was full had, of great ideas. If you have a budget, recreate the uh, the childhood packs. Yes. Yeah. Uh, maybe a pack of uh, base set or uh, Legend of Blue Eyes Yu Gi Oh cards, something like that. Oh, okay. Honestly, if someone got me a uh, booster box of Fallen Empires, an absolute dog shit set, I wouldn't care. I I would love it still. <laughs> like that. Yeah. That's like the uh, second set I opened. So. Uh, I would get right back to my childhood. Totally, like Amonkhet. There's not really a lot that's valuable in there anymore, but it's one of the first sets that when I got back into Magic that I opened, and so it would it would definitely like have that like special place in my heart. That's a, I think that's that we did we did pretty good work here for the holiday. We are we're we're popping off right now, Ritter. I hope you know that. Like I Is feel this it. the Discord? We're popping off. Yes. I do have one closing thing that is not even magic related at all, and I didn't know this until this morning, but I figured I'd bring it up. What's up? Did you know that in the Beyblade canon, Jesus parted the Red Sea with a Beyblade? Uh, I mean, I was raised in the church, so of course I I know all about uh, the gospel of Jesus and the Beyblade. And on the seventh day, he said, let it rip. Yeah, I found that out today. (laughs) Interesting. And there's a picture. There's like a there's a, there's an image of him ripping a Beyblade into the into the sea and, and parting it just like I it is unbelievable. It's I love that that happened there. There is a wiki hole that people can go down. Uh, you can search for uh, Japanese Jesus. Ooh. There, I think at the turn of the 19th century, there was a guy who just claimed he was, he was just the reincarnation of Jesus. Look it up on Wikipedia. Interesting story. Hmm. That's a good read for the holiday. All right. Ritter, let's get the heck out of here. Okay. Let's, uh, let's go have a great holiday break 
we will see or we, we you will see us on the other side of it uh we're gonna take a week off if you didn't catch that earlier in the show and uh spend a bunch of time either playing magic or playing yakuza franchise games hell yeah i feel like i didn't say that properly and you, you I, no it's fine it's okay. whatever sweet yeah remy le blue Thing. That's perfect. All right, Ritter. We kicked some ass today. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so by finding us on YouTube, where you can like, subscribe, and ring that bell for more notifications. You can also find us on all major podcasting platforms. Give us five stars because it makes us look super cool and helps new people find the show. You can join the Discord community server. We'll be having a ton of conversation over the holiday break just about, well, what kind of stocking stuffers did you get? Hopefully it's three packs of Kamigawa Neon Dynasty or Lord of the Rings. And you can support the show by finding us on Patreon. There is a link down in the description below. You can become a supporter. Join that coveted Pepperhead tier and have your name turn Dr. Pepper Red on our Discord community server. You get access to two exclusive channels, the Dr. Pepper channel and the Shower Thoughts channel. Thank you to all of our Patreon supporters thus far. You have made the dream of one, podcasting, and two, having our own tokens possible. So, huge shout out to all of you. Thank you so much. And yeah, I I am so excited to see these things in person. Yeah, foil front and back. And a huge shout out to our buddy uh, for at Death Milk Designs, Eli, for making it happen for us. He helped design all of these, and they are so sick. All right. Happy holidays, Ritter. Happy holidays. Happy New Year, man. And I'll I'll see you when we get back. Yeah? Yeah, man. Sweet Looking deal. Looking forward to it. Yes, sir. Thank you guys so much for listening. And thank you for supporting us in 2023. We'll see you next year. Bye-bye. Deuces.